Have you ever asked yourself, what's the best way I can contribute to sci-fi and fantasy in the literary world? If you have, the answer is simple. You just have to be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt and host the Sword and Laser podcast. If for some reason you can't be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt, however, don't despair. All is not lost. You can still head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser and help fund their hard work. Every cent you give adds more swords and more lasers to their growing arsenal of speculative literary goodness. That's patreon.com slash swordandlaser. Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And today we are very pleased to have with us uh, author N.K. Jemison uh, back and joining us to talk about her book, The Stone Sky, coming out August 15th, and a few other things as well. Welcome back, N.K. Thank you. Thank you. Hi there to both of you. So it sounds a little windy where you are, and I think we all have a reason to be quite jealous. You are on vacation right now. I am, yes. I, the, you may be hearing even the sound of the ocean in the background. Oh. Uh, and, and two small children nearby screaming and splashing. Um, but uh, So that's where I am at the moment, yeah. This is the best kind of fantasy you're weaving for me right now. <laughs> so this is, I almost want to hear more, oh, I love vacation. I'm so jealous. Oh. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you for taking the, a few moments to chat with us about the new book and, and uh, tell us how everything is going. Okay, sure. No problem. It's fun. Um, so tell us, so we read uh, the fifth season, of course, for Sword and Laser way back when. Um, I have to admit, and I have to do this a lot on this show, I haven't read the next book in the series, Obelisk Gate, yet because the Sword and Laser commitments te- seem to take up a lot of my reading time somehow. Um, I so. But if we have to spoil a few things here and there for the readers who are caught up, I think that's totally understandable. But can you tell us where the story of the Stone Sky picks up? Well, uh, I'm definitely going to have to spoil something right here um, because the story starts almost immediately after the end of uh, the Obelisk Gates uh, kind of two main plot lines ending. Uh, in one of those plot lines, uh, Essun had just managed to successfully open the obelisk gate in order to save Kastrima. Um, and in the process, she turned her own arm to stone and then collapsed into something like a coma for a little while. Um, and uh, then in the other plot line, Nasun had uh, successfully used the sapphire obelisk for the first time. Uh, to, uh, well, this is a giant spoiler, Uh, (laughs) to kill her father, who was trying to kill her. Um, So, yeah, a moment of of huge trauma for both women. I'm sorry, for woman and girl. Uh, And uh, so the the stone sky starts up almost immediately. Uh, Essen wakes up with a stone arm and... uh, people of Kastrima taking care of her, but also still kind of mad at her because she trashed the the geode that they were all safely living in. Um, and meanwhile, um, Nasun has survived her father's attack, but at the same time, the other two of the guardians of uh, uh, the place where she's been staying um, decide at that point, oh no, this is not going to do. This girl can now control uh, obelisks, and she has shown an inclination to kill people, mm. um, 
dead, and uh, we're going to have to deal some deal with this. So they immediately attack her. That's the beginning of the book. Now, this is the third in the Broken Earth series, but uh, getting to our first question from the Goodreads folks, Matt wants to know, is this the final installment of the Broken Earth series? It is. Uh, the Broken Earth trilogy is really what it's called. So, yes. so it will finish up that there will not be a trilogy that turns into a four-book series. <laughs> no, I don't really do that. Yeah, um, yeah okay. I, I have a short attention span. I've already started working on my next uh, major project. I, I will say, you know, sometimes when a world is vivid enough, I will continue writing short stories in it, mm -hmm. uh, which happened with the Inheritance trilogy. But uh, I, I don't know and I don't feel the urge right now, so... Is that is that because you want to? I, I know sometimes authors do that; they continue writing in the world. But you feel you feel as though you've completed your work here, so to speak. Pretty much. Um, the goal is to tell Essun's story, um, and and by the end of book three, Essun's story will be complete. Doesn't mean that other people's stories aren't interesting too. And I may choose at some point to tell their stories. Um, but the purpose of this trilogy is is not to just simply explore the world, but to tell a specific story of a specific woman. So, Gotcha. Ryan wants to know, can you discuss which TBE character has been the most challenging to write? Uh, each of the cast is so unique in traits and personality, and the complexity of their individual storylines is fascinating. I'd like to hear about your process. Uh, it's hard to say that any one of them is particularly challenging just because the, the characters kind of live in my own head and they they scream at me constantly which makes me sound a little disturbed but anyway um they 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 let me know what they need to to they need let they let me know what they want to be described as um and so it's really more a matter a matter of whether i am i am successfully ch channeling whatever it is that i'm hearing from them um it's not really a it's not really an effort um, I would say, I guess if, if I had to put a number on it, it would be Essen, but that's simply because the whole trilogy is her story. And so depicting her at the different phases of her life and, and exploring the ways in which she changes over the arc of the story um, is the whole purpose of the trilogy. So, I mean, I guess that makes it a challenge just in that it took three, three books to do. So. That cool. that actually leads us right into Tablet Clip's question, which is what motivated your choice of narrator and narrative perspective in The Broken Earth? Um, in in the case of the fifth season, um, I, I've actually talked about this in a blog post uh, called On Family. Um, I think that was the one. Um, but basically, um, in... Essence case, she is a middle-aged woman who who doesn't fit the typical profile of a fantasy uh, protagonist. Um, which we, we, what we usually see in fantasy series is is you know younger people, uh, wider people, maleer people. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a word. I just made that up. Anyway, um, you know, so we usually see characters who are more likable. Um, who are more quote-unquote heroic. A kind of um, chosen one scenario. Not necessarily chosen ones, but definitely not people who wipe out villages in, in their first appearances, um, as Essen does. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, since I had a character that was going to be a hard sell with a lot of readers, I needed to explore how she came to be the person that she is. I don't necessarily want anybody to to forgive her or, or believe that she is uh, better than she is. I just want people to understand why she is who she is. 
Um, and so that was why I, I chose a narrative method or a series of narrative methods that would kind of allow me to dig deeper into who she is, who she was, and so on. Is that something you feel as though you've uh, a method you've used in, in previous series? Uh, hmm. Have I? Not really. Um, it's something that I have explored in a few cases in my uh, fanfic. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. In my fanfiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought about that in the middle of it and was like, do I really want to talk about that? Um, but all right. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to share what I do as fanfic. Um, I use fanfic as a, as a practice space. Um, so yeah, I, I have explored it in that sense. I've explored it in some of my short fiction. Um, some is published and some is not. Um, so no, I haven't really done it in any previous novel. I, I think that's fascinating that you use fanfic as practice because that 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 I think is what it is uh, for for most people. It's 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 people who may not think they have an idea or a story and they they want practice. Do you, do you think that's that's a good thing for people to use as practice? Yeah, I mean, I use fanfic as, as practice as um, as a playground. It's where I go to kind of beta test. Uh, techniques in some cases or, or ideas or um, whatever. Um, it's also where I go to just kind of relax and write stuff where I don't need to, to care about what people are going to think of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, this is why I, I don't share, you know, what fanfic I write or, and, and where or even what fandom I write in because, it, like I said, it's a playground. Um, and the whole point of it is to be a playground. And it won't be that if, if people know, so... Um, but I, I wholly encourage people to, to write and consume fanfic. Um, it's a great way to see. Um, and I don't want to you know, suggest that it's also even just practice. There are a lot of people for whom fanfic is all they do, and they're damn good at it, and there's mm. no reason why they, shouldn't, uh, move on, why, why they should move on from it. A lot of people tend to think of fanfic as something that you do before you do real writing, quote-unquote. Um, but fanfic is real writing, so... I, I assume that you kind of you you probably subscribe to similar ideas about fanfic that many of the other authors that we've had on the show before have discussed, although maybe not, uh, which is mostly that they anything in their universe, they won't look at, they won't talk about, don't even show it to them. Uh, that seems to be a pretty common way of going about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I people tell me that they write in my universe. I, I am glad. I'm thrilled. That is the most flattering thing in the world. Um, but I don't dare look at it um, just for legal reasons and mm-hmm. also just because I don't want other people's visions kind of like, you know, tainting my own. I, I don't want to make it sound like theirs is bad and mine is good. It's more like just bleed you know, through. All writers, yeah. Yeah. All writers are kind of inherently syncretic. I can't read someone else's ideas without some of that coming into my own. And I don't want that to happen. Um, they don't deserve that. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily want to, to damage their work. By, by meshing with it or stealing any of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I love that they write it. I can't read it. I do, however, love the hell out of some fanfic. I'm sorry, fan art. Um, there you go. And I showcase fan art on my own website and uh, on Twitter whenever I see it. Because I can't draw a lick. So, <laughs> so you're not worried about being accused of, uh, of anything there, huh? Oh, yeah. No overlap there. I can't trust <laughs> the Tommy wants to know, can you speak to how challenging or easy it was to write the conclusion of a trilogy? Um, it was very challenging. Um, 
mostly because there was a lot of upheaval in my life during the, the period when I was writing this book. Um, you know, for, for people who don't know, my mother passed away on March 9th. Um, no, I'm sorry. So I was dealing with that. Um, and, and she had been ill for a couple of years and it was getting acute through most of last year. So, um, I was, I was kind of just kind of working through a lot of stress. Um, and on top of that, you know, third books are always kind of hard to do just simply because you want to stick the landing. Um, by, by the point, by that point in the series, you know, readers have gotten really invested. Uh, I could tell, you know, some people wanted the book to kind of like turn into the Tonki show, for example. Um, and, uh, you know, or other people wanted, uh, you know, more alabaster, more everything. Um, things that I wasn't necessarily planning to do. Uh, and so, you know, you can't please everybody. I wasn't trying to, but I was at least trying to do justice to what I had done. Um, but, you know, I think I was working on it while not in necessarily my best headspace. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like what, what's come forth is good. Um, I don't have a good sense yet. Uh, I, I need some time and distance, I guess, to kind of really chew on it to see whether I stopped that landing. Um, and I guess readers will tell me too. Now, our next question comes from Silvana, who says, I love reading about female relationships in novels, either friends, sisters, or mother-daughter like Essen and Nessen, which is very well-written and endearing, and we don't get lots of those in science fiction and fantasy novels. Are you planning to write more about female relationships? Uh, as much as I have thus far, um, I tend to do that a lot already. Um I don't know if uh, the the person who asked that question has read my my other series, Um, but uh, I do try. Um, I write about female relationships because I am as interested in them as as, uh, I think she is. So, yes. Um, I also tend to write about relationships that I don't see a lot in fiction, just in general. Uh, Relationships between older people, relationships between... Sure, parent and child, but also siblings and things like that, which is always strange because I'm an only child. Um, so, yeah, they'll, the, definitely there will be more of that in my future fiction. I de- yeah, I wonder if Silvana, if you're listening, if you haven't read the Inherited Trilogy, go check that out first of all. But yeah, good to know that it's going to continue in that vein. And speaking of uh, familial relationships, Trike wants to know, are you going to talk your dad into doing one of your book covers? <laughs> um, a, no, he writes, uh, he, I'm sorry, he draws impressionistic art. Um, and I don't know that uh, the, the, the science fiction and fantasy marketplace really does that kind of thing uh, anymore. Back in the 70s, maybe. Uh, not so much these days. Um, but second of all, I don't think I can afford my dad as a cover. <laughs> the, the real reason. <laughs> his, his stuff is uh, a little bit more expensive than uh, the average production book budget, uh, book cover production budget. So That yeah. would be fun, though. <laughs> that would be fun. You know, you'd think I would get a daughter discount, but, you know, I can't ask for that. I, yeah, I, right. No, he's, you know, you got to keep his values. Yeah, I respect the price of his art. I wonder yeah. if he's worth but I don't think I can afford it. <laughs> Well, well, speaking of funding, though, uh, you have a successful Patreon funding your writing, uh, and I feel like that has really taken off and worked well for you. Tell people a little bit about your experience of supporting your writing on Patreon. Uh, It's been really exciting. 
um, and I've been enjoying it, actually. Um, I, I have not produced as much short fiction as I was hoping that I would, um, largely because of the, the you know, life of people stuff that I was talking mm-hmm. about. It's, it's hard to be creative when you got a lot of chaos going on in your life. Um, and this vacation that I'm on right now is actually something that's meant to kind of help me reset uh, and start to, to get back into a kind of comfortable, comfortable routine really have not been able to have since I did the Patreon. Um, The Patreon's been fantastic in that it's allowed me to quit my day job and and focus, at least in theory, on my writing, but in in actual practice I haven't had time to focus on my writing. Um, It's also required a lot of, uh, a a big adjustment to the way that I live my life. Um, Like, I've I've gotten an assistant and then I got another assistant. Um, First one was great, but my, my life ramped up in complexity so quickly that the first assistant who really wasn't, you know, kind of trained to do assistant work um, wasn't quite enough. And so I I switched up to someone who was a professional assistant to CEOs and such. Um, Not that I'm that important, but, you know, I needed that level of... Hey, busy is busy. Yeah, yeah, I needed that level of skill. So... Um, so, I mean, and I've, I've had to change the way that I work. Uh, I do much more writing at home now. I used to do it at, uh, uh, coffee shops and things like that. Um, but now I go to coffee shops and actually people are starting to recognize me. Um, which is not a bad thing. It's just, sure. it's, it's, nobody's awful. It's New York. Um, you know, I'm not a celebrity by any stretch. It's just that enough people, um, will stop and talk to me or yeah. that I can't get as much done. So, you know, it's just been a big adjustment, but it's a good thing. Um, I like the fact that I get to do these, these Q&A videos every month. Um, when I do produce some new fiction to share with people, um, it's been kind of a fascinating process. Um, one of my short stories that I put onto Patreon, um, it was partially finished, it wasn't ready, um, but one of the people that follows my Patreon works for Wired Magazine and was like, hey, we like this, we want to buy it from you. Um, here are some, some suggestions that uh, other people in the Patreon thread had made about how to improve it. We think you should do that. And then these other suggestions, too. Um, but we want this story. And so that was one of the stories. Uh, that was the story that uh, got published in Wired in December last year. Oh, that's um, great. The Patreon story. So That's so awesome. I haven't been as productive as I wanted to be, but I have been more productive, short story and it's nice. Well, I am a proud supporter. I'm happy to say. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> awesome. We love our fellow Patreon people. Um, but you know, I, I do have to ask, do you have any other tips for, for writers about making the most of Patreon and, and how best to perhaps use it, uh, writers and or podcasters? A uh, couple of things. Um, I think you can't really rely on Patreon to be useful for you until you're an established writer with an audience already. Um, I've seen a few newer writers try and do it, and it just doesn't seem to work out well. Um, But I have seen established writers, even with a small audience, use Patreon and and get enough money that it covers like the utilities every month or half the rent or something that helps. Some, you know, even if it's a small amount, it can make a difference. also be you know very willing to take those one dollar pledges you know i mean people people let me know all the time you know i'm sorry i can't afford to support you at more than like the one dollar or the two dollar level and i'm like you know what that 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 one dollar pledge that you're giving me covers ozzy's cat food um, <laughs> you know and and litter or something i mean it makes a huge difference um 
because Ozzy eats a lot. <laughs> you know, so um, those $1 pledges add up. They help a lot. And, and you know, people shouldn't feel uncomfortable to support at that level. And artists shouldn't feel uncomfortable asking for just that level of support. That's the whole point of crowdfunding is if you get enough people giving $1 pledges, you're doing all right. Um, let's see, other tips. Uh, those are the two that the, the main two that I can think of offhand. That's fantastic. Well, we don't want to keep you any longer from your fabulous vacation uh, that we are so jealous of. But thank you. And as Tom said, the the new book is coming on August fifteenth. You must be excited. I am, and in fact, I'm uh, putting together a, a cool launch party that's going to happen in New York shortly. Uh, and, and folks who are in New York can come and, and join. It's going to be public, so. Uh, I'll announce more about that later. Fantastic. And thank you to all of you out there who listen and, of course, who help fund our show at patreon.com slash sword and laser. It's all possible because of you. So thank you very much. You know, every every little bit you can give helps. And if not, we just love have, having you around and, and making special Patreon posts for you as well. And uh, don't forget, you can also support the show by buying books. Say, I don't know, The Stone Sky by N.K. Jemison <laughs> or the whole Broken Earth trilogy. Uh, you can find that and many more things linked at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.